Young PR Pros, episode 64. Welcome to Young PR Pros, a weekly podcast for the young and young at heart PR pros looking for tips and advice on how to build and advance their careers. I am Christine Simpson in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Julia Kent, also in Ottawa. So I've got a question for our audience today. What if the rules we've been taught to live and build our careers and and companies around were no longer valid? A heavy and scary question for some, and that could mean the complete overhaul of how we look at life as we know it and how we look at building our careers as we know it. But today, to help answer this question, we have with us Mitch Joel. So welcome, Mitch, to the show. Hello, how are you? Good, good. So Mitch is the author of a book called Control-Alt-Delete, Reboot Your Business, Reboot Your Life, Your Future Depends on It. So Mitch is also the president of Twist Image, one of the largest independent digital marketing agencies in North America. Mitch is a very good friend of Ginny Dietrich, which is also my personal role model and past guest of Young PR Pros. And uh, she was the one who connected us with uh, Mitch. So a big shout out to Ginny for that. So before we jump into our show, I wanted to ask, um, how does it feel, Mitch, to be named rock star of digital marketing and one of North America's leading digital visionaries? It's a pretty big title. It's stressful. It means you have to do stuff after that. Um, you know, it's look. It, it's a, it's very flattering when people say things about you that that you didn't pay them for or that you didn't have to say about yourself. So whenever somebody says something nice, it, it's really kind. I spent many years in journalism prior to really making the full shift into media, and I would often tell people that the only bad press is an obituary. So anything that's nice said that said that's nice about anybody, I'm I'm very. I'm very happy about it. So uh, Dan Airely, uh, James D. Duke professor in psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University, said something about your book. He said, the way we work and do business is changing faster than most of us can understand or comprehend. Fortunately, Mitch Dole has given us Control-Alt-Delete, a wonderful book full of his invaluable insight to help us navigate, adapt, and survive these fundamental changes. So our big question for you, or the first question for you today, Mitch, is, could you give us an example of some of these fundamental changes? What are these big changes? I mean, there's many. And, and what I did in the book is I shored them up into five movements, as I call them, because I think if you call them trends, people will think they can come and go where they may not come to fruition. But these are sort of data-driven movements that have literally changed the foundations of business. You know, some of the more important ones are that we can now leverage something I call sex with data, the ability to take the linear information that we're collecting and bring that together with the the data that all of us are willfully putting out onto the web in places like Twitter and Facebook and what that means when we're trying to target a message to someone when we better understand things beyond demographics and psychographics and we can dig deeper into actually who they are. So knowing what that, you know, knowing that I'm Mitch at twistimage.com as an email address and I opened something or clicked on a link is still fundamentally different than the experience you have when you follow me on Twitter and engage with me on Facebook. Now, when we bring those two worlds together, it creates a very different consumer. So that would be sort of one of the bigger shifts. We also have what I call a digital first posture, which is the fact that you know our default position to go for any information, whether it's B2B or B2C, is obviously in the palm of our hands or to a search bar or to our social graph and ask for that feedback. And there are many throughout the book that really 
I think changed the way not just that we market to, to brands, and I think that was a big part of it, this whole sort of social media thing and how we market to brands, but actually now how we function as a business. So I'll, I'll leave the floor to you, Julia. Um, I know you've got a couple questions for Mitch as well. Well, actually, my questions are um, more around writing a book. <laughs> sure, I like that better. <laughs> you do? Okay, good. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm actually president of a book club, and... Uh, there are a handful of aspiring authors in the book club, and they want to write about different things. Some want to write um, nonfiction, you know, something like what you did, which is more specialized to th- their expertise. Some want to write something more creative, like a novel. And I just wanted to get a little bit of insight into how you got the idea, how you started, and, and maybe give me an idea of the roadmap to, from conception to completion. Yeah, I mean it's it's a big story, and I'll try and condense it for the for the sanity of everyone listening. You know, going back, I always had a passion for writing. I started off my career in journalism, and I think as a journalist, you you tend to sort of look at the world and say that a, writing a book is sort of like Moby Dick, and all you got is a fork and some tartar sauce, and you got to go after that whale. So it's always something that's in the back of your mind. I think if you have a passion for writing, in, in my instance, I'd spent a lot of time in the music industry in Canada and internationally, but mostly in Canada. And in watching artists get signed to labels and picked up and having you know massive success, I quickly realized that I didn't want to sign in Canada because if you do a deal in Canada, it's much harder to get deals outside in the U.S. and global Europe. So I always had it in my brain that if I could get a big global deal, that book would then be distributed in Canada, and that would be a bigger chance to get the platform that I was looking for, because I was trying to just expand the platform of the content I was creating. And so going back to about, I'd say, 2007, the sort of early days of the first book, Six Pixels of Separation, were coming to fruition. And what I did was I ironically met a lot of people through the power of my podcast. I was interviewing a lot of people and connecting to them. And one of those people was Dan Ariely, who you quoted earlier, who is mm-hmm. a behavioral economist. And Dan was just about to launch his first book, Predictably Irrational, which became a massive bestseller. And in our conversation, we got along really well. And he said, oh, you know, you should meet my literary agent, which sounded a lot to me at the time, like uh, in L.A., if someone would say, let's do lunch. It's like, it's not going to happen. But he actually did the introduction. And I wound up meeting this amazing literary agent and was, you know, flew down to New York and spent some time in Manhattan speaking to him about the idea for six pixels of separation. He really liked it. He wound up signing me. So I, I, I wound up in a position where I had a great literary agent and then begun the process of shopping around six pixels of separation. I wrote a book proposal, and I, I highly recommend, especially if you're in the nonfiction world, that you write a book proposal. And there's some great books out there that can help you figure out what the exact structure is. And that book proposal also acted as a, a shell for the book. I sort of knew the flow. I knew what it, where it was going to go. I knew the chapter structure. We pitched the book to a couple of publishers, and I lucked out and signed with Rick Wolf over at uh, Business Plus, which is Grand Central Publishing, which is part of Hachette Book Group, which is the largest book publisher in the world. Uh, Hachette owns Grand Central and Little Brown. So it was sort of like one of those weird things where within a handful of days, I went from I have this idea for a book to I've got this great agent to we have a book deal. And I mean, a few days in the sense of while it took months, it really was a couple days of work. You know, it's like I flew down, met the person, uh, met the agent, did that deal, wrote the book proposal in, in about a week. And then once we were sort of off to the races with publishers, it happened pretty quickly. So 
that was that. Um, the mechanics of it, I, I love using this piece of software called Scrivener to write my book. I think it's just an amazing little piece of software that, that is just tailored to coming up with ideas and moving things around. Uh, fast forward, so the book Six Pixels of Separation came out in 2009. It did really well, thankfully. And so there was a push from my agent and my publisher to maybe do another book. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to, but you know, the idea for Control-Alt-Delete just came to me. And I, oft, I often tell people who are looking to write a book that in, you know, everyone's different. In my case, it's like, uh, it's like going into labor. Like the minute I have the book, it's like the water broke and the baby's coming. Um, so, so nothing's stopping it. And it's, you know, I can do whatever I want. I can talk about, you know, I got to do this for my clients at Twist Image or I got a blog and none of that matters. I got to get the book done. So uh, Control-Alt-Delete, you know, thankfully I've had two easy labors on both books. <laughs> they came pretty quickly. I sort of, those are the mechanics of it. Does that answer your question? Or if you have more details, I'm happy to go into them. Well, I think that that, (laughs) that's a lot of information. And uh, I just feel like a lot of people see it as daunting. And I guess it is a big project, what you've described. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that any project worth doing is a project that should feel really daunting. I also mm-hmm. think that in the process of writing a book, what I quickly learned is that if you set yourself up for success, you're more likely to find success. So in my case, I, I can't imagine ever writing a book without the book proposal because for me, the book proposal wasn't just about what the book is about and, and my platform to market it. The most important part of it was really the chapter overview. So what that does is when I'm in Scrivener and I've got each chapter sort of as its own little folder is as I'm writing things, I can then copy and paste them and move them to the appropriate chapter. And with Scrivener, you actually can flip the screen and literally it flips backwards. And on the other side are, are like little index cards on a corkboard. So you can just post ideas because when you're writing nonfiction, you know, a lot of times you sort of start writing and you're in this sort of stream and you realize, oh, that's not really for this chapter, but it's still really good. And I want to put it somewhere. So that sort of focus it helps me. The other thing that I love about Scrivener as, as a software, speaking about the dauntingness of it, is you actually put data into it. You tell it, like, the book is due in May, and it needs to be 60,000 words. And what it does is it actually has a target goal that's on the screen, if you want to look at it, that'll tell you how many words you have to write each day and how many words you've written and if you've hit your daily goal and where you're at. So it, it sort of has somewhat gamified it a little bit to make the process <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, mm-hmm. But I can definitely tell you that as you sort of slack, as, as we all do, or you sort of, you know, the words aren't flowing as well as they are, it is daunting when you open it up and it's like, wow, that's like double the word count it was a week ago. Like, that's not good. So so suddenly you find yourself in a place where you got to, you know, get the words pumping a lot better. But again, for me, as a guy who loves to write, I find it really motivating. I think more, more often than not, if if you're not really a writer, I don't recommend writing a book. Okay. That makes sense. You would think it makes sense, but a lot of people still go for it and they wind up really being miserable. Yeah. So um, in your interview on Inside PR, you started talking about the story of a friend of yours who they had a comfortable life. I can't remember the, the, the person's name, but they had a comfortable life, the family, the home, the car, the steady job, uh, the steady income, but she wasn't particularly happy. Um, and it sounds like she had everything any young professional you know, was kind of striving for to get one day to have the steady job, the the comfortable income, and to have that, you know, quote unquote, American slash Canadian dream. But in the end, she wasn't happy with her job, and she just didn't enjoy what she was doing. So 
what should young professionals do when starting out their career then if this whole idea of the typical American or Canadian dream is, is not the same how it used to be? Well, I, I, you know, let me take a step back. I think that the, the dream and opportunity to be extremely successful has probably never been easier. That's an important mm. thing to understand that, we, you know, you live in a world where we have multiple instances of people who have a great idea and are leveraging the, the tool that we're all using now to communicate through the Internet and, and computers to build something magnificent. I mean, just think about what Google is and what Facebook is and what Twitter is. I mean, these are, there is nothing physical about it when it first mm-hmm. started. It was an idea that was built in a dorm room. Anybody has that. So I would argue that it's the complete opposite. I think that that sort of dream of opportunity is potential, is bigger than ever. What I think has changed dramatically is the old idea that you have to take a job and have a very linear career that's arced at a 45 degree angle as you move from mm-hmm. entry level to middle management to senior management to maybe running the company. That That, that, that isn't necessarily the only route for success now and mm-hmm. that potentially what i want to encourage people to do is is understand that their lives are more likely to have you know five to six different career changes not job changes but career changes now because of all this so while it sounds daunting and you ask it in a way that may may sound scary to people listening i'd argue the complete opposite that i think it is a complete moment of opportunity like we've never seen before Oh, that's exciting for our listeners then. <laughs> I would be yeah. very enthused if I were in communications or marketing. You know, just last night, we did a big event at Google where we invited uh, young people you know, coming out of university or just finishing up their degrees to talk about why I think marketing is a great destination profession. It used to be marketing was, uh, you know, I, I didn't do well in law school. I'll go to marketing. And um, we wound up having over 200 people wanting to come. We only had room for about 120. And it's a very similar conversation that we're having here today, where for me, the spirit of it is that it, it, it probably has never been, not only has it been an amazing time in terms of opportunity, but there's probably never been a time like this where young people were so needed in the space as well, because the older people don't you know, they weren't as Dan, as Don Tapscott from from economics would say. They they weren't bathed in bits like you guys were. Uh, <laughs> they 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 weren't brought up in the age of connectivity and internet and mobile devices. So, not only is there an opportunity because of just the way business has transformed, but there's also an opportunity because we look to you people as the power users to say how are people engaging and connecting in these channels? Because for us, we're we're the digital immigrants while you're the digital natives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Julia, do you have a, another question before we start wrapping up? Well, um, come on, Julia, another book question. Let's do it. <laughs> book question. Yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in that. I wanted to um, talk a little bit, just taking on the marketing thing, your involvement or past involvement with the Canadian Marketing Association. We really encourage our, um, and, and other associations, but we really encourage our listeners to get involved in things like that um, because they are young professionals. Um, um, that really needed network, and we emphasize networking over and over and over. And I just was wondering if you could touch on that at all. And I know you've been involved in many more organizations than the Canadian Marketing Association, but that we know is a good one. Yeah, I'm a, a massive advocate when I when I sit down with young people, when I sit down with people who are struggling with their business. My my default stance isn't like start a blog. My default stance is get engaged in your in your community in your industry. When we started Twist Image, which is, you know, I'm going to go back to 2000. I joined the company in 2002. We were just a handful of people. I look at the company now being, you know, 
100 plus people in two offices and I can definitely create a direct line between our involvement in places like the Canadian Marketing Association and the Interactive Advertising Bureau and the Web Analytics Association and shop.org and on and on with our success. And the truth of the matter is you wind up sitting in rooms with people who have a very similar mindset that they're trying to network and better understand the industry. It is a place of contribution. So I don't go there and I don't recommend going into your industry association with the spirit of what's it going to do for me. I think the spirit is what can I do to add value to the industry and that if you do that well, this sort of serendipity bank account winds up making some significant deposits into it for you. I think I do I do know that all of these associations typically have a lot of opportunities for young students. I can tell you that the, both the Canadian Marketing Association and the Interactive Advertising Bureau both offer either very, very significant discounts for, for student memberships or even offer free events for them to take part in and mentorship and opportunities like that. I can't imagine why anybody in, in, in a student position wouldn't want to takes a significant advantage of that. Yeah, that's kind of what we drive home to. <laughs> so thanks for reiterating that message. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look at it this way, right? The two of you are sitting here having a conversation with me, not that I'm all that important, but I'm sure there are many people who are graduating or just, you know, slowly making the transition into the workforce that are, are struggling to make connections. And, you know, now you guys are creating connections, whether it's a genie or myself or whomever. And that's pretty powerful. And I think that, you you know, when you act like a leader, as you guys are doing, hopefully it signifies to people not just content that they can consume by your podcast, but also that they can do it, too. And that's always the spirit of how I blog and tweet and post. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I think that's a, a great way to kind of wrap up today's episode. Um, thank you so much, Mitch, for sitting down with us. Uh, we really, really enjoy having you with us. You've uh, shared some great insight. Um, I know our listeners are going to learn a lot from today's episode. So thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, so if you, anyone has any questions or comments, uh, they want to you know, share their own stories, uh, you can always connect with us. Uh, email us at youngprpros at gmail.com. Uh, or you can um, catch us on Facebook, on Google+, on Pinterest, on LinkedIn, pretty much anywhere online. Or just catch us on Twitter at youngprpros, at Christine Simpson, and at Ken Julia. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week.